time for another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. As you can see, Tanner is not here. He just got married on Saturday, so he's in Cabo on his honeymoon. So congrats to Tanner and Steph. Uh, my father is joining us once again. We had him on, uh, when was that, February, I think, when Tanner think was, was in February, Hawaii. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so there's a theme. Yeah, whenever Tanner goes to a beach, my uh, my dad joins us. So uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us tonight, Dad. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It really is uh, great for me to be here. I said the last time I was here, this was on my bucket list. And my second part of my bucket list is to be invited back again. So I'm back. I, I feel fulfilled and feel like I've completed something now. So thank you for the invitation. And congrats to uh, T-Dog. Beautiful wedding on Saturday to a beautiful bride. Uh, couldn't be happier for you, T-Dog. Yeah, that was one of the uh, more fun weddings I've been a part of here. Uh, I've, I've been a part of three of them this year. Uh, so uh, that was uh, definitely top three most fun I've been a part of. Yeah, uh, it was it was year. a great wedding, and I know they enjoyed it, and uh, we enjoyed it as well. So great time. I have a trivia question here, and you know how the show works. I'll answer it at the end of the show. Um, the Miami Dolphins, uh, during the Super Bowl when they played the 49ers, it was uh, the 1984 season. The Super Bowl was in '85. They only scored one touchdown that game. Who was the player that caught the ball from Marino? All and right. I'll even give you, I'll even give you a hint. Do, do, do you know or do you want a hint? Well, this is what I'd like to say. Can I phone a friend? No, no. You, you, you may not phone a friend. Okay. Well, because if I phoned a friend, this is what I would say. Friend, I want you to know, I just won the the birdie bogey. Exactly <laughs> All right, so I, I am I, I am not going to give you a hint then. I, okay, I, I had no I, I, I had no idea. I'd literally never heard of this guy. I um, know who it was. So, uh, well, dad's, dad's going to be uh plus up or he he's, he's going to be one under and uh, Tanner and I are going to be, I think we're both four over. We're terrible. Yeah, but, there you uh, go, man. Small sample size, but I take privilege in uh, winning the day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Birdie bogeys brought to you by Arlington public house. Arlington public house has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located 703 main street in Rochester, Indiana. Over the weekend, uh, they had their special was crab stuffed lobster tail, North African cold water lobster tail stuffed with a delicious jumbo lump crab on a lemon lemon vinaigrette salad and paired with your choice of soup. And they also had chocolate brownie for two decadent chocolate brownie topped with cappuccino, ice cream, caramel sauce and candy pecans. That seems right up your alley. Wow. Um, I'm getting hungry listening. I need to go there sometimes. Yeah. And every Monday night. Uh, I, I screwed this up when I was talking to the owner this weekend. I'm like, oh, is it is $1 smoked whole wings? No, it's $2 smoked whole wings and $1 off domestic beers every Monday night at Arlington Public House. So go in there, get some wings, get some beers. I'm sure they'll have the Cubs game on here in about a half hour. Yep. Uh, so go check out Arlington Public House. Well, tonight I was thinking we should talk a little bit of baseball. Um, right. Actually, a lot of bit of baseball, I should say. We had the trade deadline on Tuesday. Um, it, it was kind of a uh, it was kind of a boring trade deadline, and um, mainly that was because. And, and I talked about this last week too. Uh, the Angels took Otani off the market. The Cubs took Bellinger and Stroman off the market and decided to buy. So those are probably your three of your top four or five trade targets uh, at the deadline that are just completely gone. So it left kind of it left teams scrambling. And um, last week, my book, it was the Cubs would regret um, buying and not selling because I thought they'd have a rough week and they ended up going five and two against yeah. uh, a team who was number one in the NL Central and the uh, Cincinnati Reds. And now they find themselves in third place. Uh, and then again, the best team in uh, all of baseball, the Atlanta Braves. So they played really well. But um, trade deadline wise, uh, it was kind of interesting. Cubs went out. Got a left hand or a switch hitting uh, third baseman, first baseman who was a former Cub, Jaime Candelaria. I talked about him a little bit last week because it literally happened one minute before the show started. So I got to talk about it. But he has been so far unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. Exactly what exactly what the Cubs have been looking for. Um, he's he's kind of stabilized the first base spot, which they haven't had a stable first baseman really all year. Uh, so far, he is twelve for twenty one with four doubles. A homer, four walks, and only two strikeouts while playing pretty solid defense. So he has been exactly what the Cubs have been looking for. 
you can't get any better than that. I mean, in the first week, I mean, you're trying to win the fans and uh, you come in like that and to put him in the middle of the lineup. I mean, already you got Bellinger and, and Dansby hitting well, put him right in the middle. And I mean, they scored some runs this week, this last week. That, it was unbelievable because I, like you, I, you know, the, there's one thing about the Cubs that I thought going in trade deadline is that Jed Hoyer, their management really don't believe in this team that they can actually move forward. So I thought maybe that's why they're a little less active. But, you know, you got to give kudos to Jed for bringing in Candelario. And um, I think that was a huge fine for him. And um, it could make a big difference going into August and September, of course. Yeah. And of course, they were really familiar with him uh, mm-hmm. anyway, with him being in the system and kind of coming up and getting a <laughs> cup of coffee uh, in the big leagues with the Cubs in uh, 2016, 2017. Uh, so I'm I'm sure it made it um, a lot easier to part with uh, two of the prospects they gave up because they knew Jaime really well. Um, and I mean, he's 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 been buddies with Chris Morrell and he 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 knows the guys um and and really knows the culture there coming up through it and it really hasn't changed a whole lot uh since uh, they traded him away and then uh now he's back and uh they DFA'd uh Trey Mancini which was a long time coming um it's still it, it's still kind of a shock uh that they got rid of him considering he signed a two-year deal and he was only in year 1 um and and that's the one thing I will say about Jed I have been overly critical of Jed Hoyer because uh, um, for very good reason too, and of course this hot streak kind of uh, kind of takes the heat off him a little bit. But he is far more willing and apt to um, realize and admit his mistakes and get rid of that player uh, than Theo was. The- Theo would have played that entire contract out before he yes. admitted that he screwed up, yeah. uh, which which is kind of an ego thing. Um, yeah. And it, it was nice that Jed uh, set aside his ego and he. Um, obviously taking Bellinger off the market proved this, but he uh, started to believe in the team. And he said there was one moment that he's like, okay, the switch kind of flipped. It was when um, Stroman was pitching in Chicago against the White Sox uh, at at, uh, whatever their stadium's called now, guaranteed rate field. And he gave up seven runs. They were down seven to two. And then the very next inning, Cubs came back and tied it or got within one. Um, And then they ended up winning that game. Uh, going away he he said that was kind of the moment where things kind of switched in his brain um and and then and then of course they went to st louis and things could have gone off the rails and they could have switched back but they didn't cubs won three or four and uh he said they didn't actually make up their mind to buy or sell until um last sunday wow wow yeah um and they're like you know we're we, we we could keep these guys together and try to make a run without having to give up prospects and just kind of stand pat or kind of do kind of a soft sell a little bit, trading guys like Michael Fulmer, Drew Smiley, guys that probably aren't going to be huge parts. Um, but uh, luckily they went out and got um, a guy that really stabilized the lineup hitting, you know, he's sitting sixth or seventh. Uh, it, it just lengthens, it lengthens the lineup and that's exactly what they needed. Yeah, absolutely. And Reality, I mean, I don't know how many times in the last two weeks they'd lose the first game of the series, like the Cardinals series. They played back-to-back Cardinals series almost. I think the White Sox were in between. They'd lose the first game, and I'm thinking, okay, it's time for the implosion to happen. Uh, And then Cubs just bounced back. I mean, the Reds this past week, I mean, Reds just came in and manhandled the Cubs. I mean, Cubs came back in that game. But, I mean, they couldn't throw out the runner. They stole so many bases in that game and ended up winning. And I thought, oh, it's a bad way to start a four-game series. Yeah. Came back and just destroyed the Reds the next three games. Yeah. I mean, the very next game, they scored 20 runs, which is incredible. And I think almost every game – well, the last game, they didn't score 10. But the the other game, they scored over 10, maybe 15, something like that. Yeah, they scored 16. It was the – most runs in a two-game stretch the Cubs have had in their history. 36 yes. runs. Incredible. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. This, is, this is the most exciting I've been about their offense in years, probably mm-hmm. since 2016, 2017. You know, uh, and then, of course, Atlanta Braves come in, best team by far in baseball. I don't even think anybody's close to Atlanta right now. Cubs lose the first game. They look terrible. I think they got blank seven-zip. 
And then they come back the next day and win. They score late. They score. They come back both games. They were down twice yesterday and came back. Um, I mean, that, this team just shows a lot of gut and tenacity. And again, you know, when you look at who Jed brought in, you know, you got Bellinger, you got Dansby, and now Candy, Candelario. I mean, that those are pretty big signings when you look at this team right now. No doubt. No question. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very easy, which, which I have been kind of guilty of doing this, um, to put Jed under a microscope and only talk about his bad signings. Um, the Michael Fulmer experiment at closer did not go well at all. Um, the, uh, the Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer kind of platoon at first base was an absolute disaster. Um, and there have been a handful of other Brad Boxberger disaster, but you look at it, their two best players are Dansby Swanson and um, Cody Bellinger and Mike Talkman, who uh, yeah. Mike, Mike Talkman was an unheralded guy. He was, in, uh, he was a uh, minor league uh, signing who didn't make the team out of camp. He probably should have because he had a good spring. Um, and then he's he's been up since, I believe, May 19th. And he has really – they haven't had a leadoff guy since Dexter Fowler. And we've been talking about this for seven years now. Right. Uh, they haven't had a true leadoff guy. And against right-handed pitching, uh, Mike Talkman has been their best leadoff guy they've had. Uh, since yeah. Dexter Fowler, and he stabilized that lineup, and he has been an absolute godsend for them. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, just like you, at first I thought he's a journeyman minor leaguer, mm-hmm. not going to amount to much. Um, you know, he'll have a couple good weeks, and then it'll be nothing. And it kind of looked like he was trending that way. And so they set him down for a couple games, came right back, and he really, I mean, he, he's been a godsend. Uh, he really yeah. has been a godsend. And I don't know how long it w- will last, but let's write it until he can't produce anymore. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and they need to because Seiya Suzuki's been so bad, um, so bad really yeah. since June 12th, he's been about 200, uh, yeah. that uh, it's getting to the point where you can't play him against right-handed pitching anymore. And right. so, and, and that's another reason why uh, trading for uh, Candelario has been huge is now you can shift Talkman to right. You have belly in center, which helps your defense out too. And then you have right. a good defensive first baseman, a good hitter in uh, John Mark Candelario that kind of uh, – helps and uh it's it's gonna take um it's gonna take say a ton of good at bats in order to get back in there against uh, right-handed pitching and honestly i wish talkman would just play against lefties too because he's he's handled them just fine i Um, think he's he is hitting yeah yeah i think he's been really solid um he has a 372 on base percentage this year um which is obviously out of the leadoff spot that's awesome um he's uh has a 12.4 uh, percent uh, walk rate, a 20.2% strikeout rate. So he's striking out um, less than average. So he's not striking out much. Uh, he's starting to slug a little bit. Yesterday, he was he hit the ball on the barrel all five times up. He's only two for five, so he hit some tough luck. Uh, but he he's just been spraying line drives all over the place. And he's been clutch, too, with runners in scoring position. Yeah. It feels like he's been their best hitter here the past two months. Yeah, and again, I mean, he's the guy that I'd never heard of before the season. Yeah. So you're going to have these guys that are going to plug and play and really outproduce their expectation. And I would say mm-hmm. that's true with Hawkman. Uh, I would also say the other guy at the end of their bullpen there, Albert. I mean, uh, he's been unbelievable, Alzali. Um, I mean, I, again, I thought he would struggle if he walked guys, you know, but Man, he's been also mm. unbelievable this year. I think he came in at least last year. I don't know about this year, thinking he would be a starter. And I think he's found his groove definitely as a closer, no doubt. Yeah, last year he was, I think he was hurt a majority of the year. And then he came up mm. in September and pitched six games out of the bullpen. And he looks and he looked pretty good there. And then even at the beginning of the year, of course, it was Boxberger in the eighth, Fulmer in the ninth. And then Keegan Thompson in there too, who's completely fallen off the map. Um, and and Adbert was kind of like a multi-inning guy. And then he's really just taken the closer role by storm. Uh, yeah. gave, gave up that two-run homer to Matt Olson, but who hasn't given up a homer to Matt Olson this year? Yeah, um, he, he's been able to neutralize lefties far better than he did in his in his career up to this point. Uh, he, he he doesn't walk guys at all. You don't even have to worry about that. His walk. Um, he's walking less than two guys per nine innings, which is one of the best of any closers in baseball. And uh, he's really stabilized the back end with him and Leiter and um, Merriweather as well, who's been, they've all been on a pretty good roll here. 
Uh, and then Michael Fulmer, since May 29th, his ERA is under two. Yeah, he's uh, been so that helps significant. And, and he got two huge outs yesterday with the bases loaded. He mm-hmm. he hit Ronald Acuna with the bases loaded that forced in a run, but that's probably better than the alternative of what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and then he got uh, Albies to strike out, and then he struck out um, Austin Riley. And they said in the I think that was the fifth inning mm-hmm. that, or it might have been the sixth inning. I think it was the sixth inning. Uh, that that was the loudest Wrigley had gotten all year. So wow. uh, fans are starting to get back. And, and that's another thing that Jed said, that he, he wanted to reward the fans because he, he said he, he could feel the tides turning, the atmosphere was getting better, people were starting to show back up, the uh, social media got better, not ripping on the team. Uh, so he, he kind of wanted to reward the fans a little bit because uh, I, I think if they would have sold last week, the optics would have been horrendous. And oh, I, I, I don't know if Jed would have been able to recover from that, for one. I agree. Um, but uh, yeah, huge, huge series against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, huge series win. Um, and the Cubs have won six series in a row now. Incredible. And uh, they got swept by the Angels on June 8th, and the Cubs' record was 26 and 36. Wow. Uh, they are 32 and 18 in the 50 games since then. Um, so, so that, that, that's a large enough sample now that I can say, okay, maybe this team's pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, and then, um, since let's see monthly, uh, here they were 14 and 13 in March and April combined 10 and 18 in May. That was their bad month, 14 and 11 in June, 15 and 11 in July, and they're five and one in August. So, uh, I think May was just kind of an aberration. They're, they're a solidly good team that, uh, uh, as of right now, I think they have a real good shot to get to the postseason. Yeah, I do too. And watching this offense again, uh, I was probably most concerned with their offense. Now I'm most concerned with their pitching. But yeah, um, this offense it just doesn't quit. I mean, you, they could look terrible the first two or three innings, be mm-hmm. down by two, three, and then they just put it together. A good offense, I think, once they see a pitcher once or twice, or or at least the second or third time. They're on him. And it seems like this team makes good adjustments. And they're really, now that Ross is, I think Ross has found his group with this lineup too, just like he has mm-hmm. using the bullpen. He's found his group with this lineup and uh, he, he knows the right, you know, switches to pull, if you will. And uh, they're not out of a game and they just keep battling. And I, I love the, you know, runners with in scoring position, especially with two outs. Uh, I've talked about that a lot. I mean, I've seen more two out, hits this year probably than you know the last five years altogether uh yeah. that's a fun hit right there two outs you know bases loaded or a guy on second and they come through with a clutch hit and um, it seems like they're more clutch than they've been probably since 2016 yeah uh i mean they're they're making more contact than they have which which that's probably part of it too just yeah. putting the ball in play i mean ian Happ's strikeout rate is about at his career low nico horner doesn't really strike out a whole lot uh, Madrigal doesn't really strike out at all. Talkman, as I said, his uh, strikeout rate's been very good this year. Bellinger has a career low strikeout percentage, um, and that I think his strikeout percentage is around fifteen percent. Um, wow. And uh, s- since the All Star break, uh, the Cubs, as a team, have scored one hundred sixty four runs, uh, which is easily most in baseball. I think uh, as of August third, which was a few days ago. Um, they had scored almost 50 more runs than everyone else uh, since the all-star break. And they're hitting 296 as a team, uh, which uh, Cubs for years have been low batting average, high on base, high slugging. Uh, but then you look at this year, they are a third in the national league and runs scored. Um, they are way up there and on base. They are in the national league. They are fifth in batting average, third in on base percentage, fourth in slugging. They're sixth in homers. They're third in stolen bases and they're third in runs. Um, yeah, I wonder what so their ground it, ball it, it just, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's higher. I, I can look it up here. Uh, maybe I, I might have to do some research on this one, but um, it, it I, I'm, I'm sure it's higher than it probably should be. And a lot of that has to do uh, with uh, the, new shift rules as balls are finding holes more uh, than they right. have in years past, which, which, which that's all around baseball. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah every team has that so far, but it, it does seem like in the second half, they're starting to slug a little more, which is something they really struggled with um, early in the season. Um, yeah. And the clutch clutch stats, they are hitting 
248 uh, with two outs and runners in scoring position, which is a really good number, actually. A 350 on base percentage. Um, high leverage situations, they're hitting 253 as a team, which is okay. Um, low leverage, it's obviously their numbers are going to be slightly better. But medium leverage, actually, um, is better than all of them. Um, let's see. Ground ball percentage. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to be able to find this. Detailed stats, maybe. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Cody Bellinger, uh, going back to him, uh, since June 15th, he is hitting 374 with nine homers, a 414 on base percentage, a 595 slugging percentage. He's only struck out 21 times in 163 at-bats. Um, and, you know, uh, in our uh, baseball preview show, Tanner and I did, I said he is an absolute X factor. If, if he can bounce back to where – he used to be. This team has a real good shot to make the playoffs, and uh, so far, so good. I think he's hitting close to three thirty as a team. Yeah, yeah, he is, and he's building a resume. I mean, whoever can afford him is gonna. Uh, I mean, he's back. I think to his MVP season, he looks like an MVP out there. You can just really depend yeah. on him to get a hit and to play incredible defense, whether it's center, center field, or yeah. first base. Um, you know, he's not a liability out. In, in the outfield, obviously, or in the infield. So, yeah, I mean, what kind of numbers do you think he he might get? And I hope the Cubs can sign him. Uh, probably the big two guys that will be um, on the list of everybody is Shotani and Bellinger. I can imagine those will be one and two as far as position. Yeah, I saw. I actually saw a list today, and I don't know where it was, but ESPN uh, ranked the top ten free agents um, for baseball. And I think they had Bellinger ninth. I, I, obviously, Otani was one. Um, I don't remember about other position players above him. Uh, he he might have been number two in uh, position players. Yeah, um, I would think pitchers would be way up there. But as far as position players. Yeah, because like, um, yeah, Otani, let's see if that's behind a paywall here. Because I literally just saw it today on Twitter. Um, I think it is behind a paywall. It is. I know Otani was one. Bellinger was nine. Above Bellinger, I remember seeing Julio Urias, um, Sonny Gray. Um, I can't remember the other ones. Uh, but uh, yeah, he'll uh, if he continues this, I think he'll get 150 million, which I hope the Cubs obviously throw their hat in the ring because he has completely turned this franchise around. And and I mean he's. He's used to winning too, and now he's seeing how amazing Wrigley Field is when the team's winning. I mean, thir- I, I think it was the third inning of the game yesterday. It was a three-two count, and the entire stands were standing up, um, yeah. which yeah. doesn't that doesn't happen anywhere else than Wrigley yeah. Field uh, in yep. the third inning of an early August game. Um, league average ground ball percentage is forty-two point six percent. Cubs ground ball percentage is forty-three point four. So it's about. It's about one percent higher, so it's it's around league average, yeah. um, ground ball percentage. Um, their line They're drive, per- much, yeah. Uh, their fly ball percentage is below league average, but their line drive percentage is one percent above league average. So you can take okay. that. Um, so so it's kind of a trade off with line drive and ground ball, yeah, a percentage. So it it, it does you seem know. like there's, yeah. Even last year, you know, bases are loaded. You know, Madrigal is going to come in and hit into a double play. Yeah. ending double play uh they they aren't doing that as much this year so yeah and even mandrigal you know he was kind of the the odd man out i thought for a little while and he's putting the bat on ball mm-hmm. i mean he still has his moments at third um but i still think he's better than yeah. wisdom yeah oh yeah yeah uh, he's he's a good fit for a line, he he would have been a really good fit for like the 2018 cubs lineup they hit a bunch of homers but also struck out a bunch uh, they, yeah. they needed a guy like him in there. Um, I, I don't know where he would have played, but uh, they needed a guy who can make contact, him or Nico, in that sort of lineup. But, um, yeah, I much prefer him to Patrick Wisdom because Wisdom will run into a homer, but he'll strike out 50% of the time. Yeah. Uh, he, he does take his, take his walks, and he, he's terrible defensively at third base, which yeah. Yeah. which madrigal has been pretty solid. He was bad yesterday, and it cost Justin Steele a run. Yeah. Um, but for the, for the most part, he, he's been, he's been pretty solid. Um, and he's, yeah, he's also kind of stabilized, uh, the third, third base spot. 
Um, yeah. But again, it, it's kind of nice to have a guy like Candelaria that can go out there and play third base uh, against a left-handed pitcher. Right. Um, yeah. So, um, yes. over the last forty days, changes in their postseason chances. Um, the Cubs' postseason percentage has bumped up twenty-five percent over the last forty days, uh, which is fifth in baseball. Only Houston, Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Minnesota have higher postseason odd jumpage. I should say. Um, in the past 40 days, um, three weeks ago, the Cubs were 43 and 49 and were eight games back of first place in the NL Central. Three weeks later, they're 58 and 54 and a game and a half back. So they've gained six and a half, seven games in just 17 days or so, which is absurd. Yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen that kind of jump from a Cubs team. I mean, I, I think that year that Washington mm. won the World Series. Uh, I mean, I think they were bad for the first half and then they got hot and ended up winning the World Series. Um, and I don't know how far they were out of the division lead. And remember, they were one out away from going home in the wild card. Were they, were yeah. they a wild card team? Or they, yeah, they they're win? in the wild card game against the Brewers. And Brewers. yeah, it, it was the it was the eighth inning facing Josh Hader. And uh, they were down two and Juan Soto hit a huge huge single that uh, scored a couple uh, to take the lead, I believe. Uh, and it, it's also kind of like the Phillies last year. They were terrible, and then they fired Girardi, and uh, they kind of got hot. Yeah. And, I would uh, say it's and ended up making – Well, okay. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. Um, and, and the Cubs' run differential kind of proves that they should be one of the better teams in the National League. It's the – they have the third best run differential in the National League, and I think it's fifth in all of baseball. And of course, that that doesn't tell the entire story um, because you you, you got to win some close games. Uh, they've been blowing teams out and then losing close games. Um, but uh, the fact that uh, they're they've kind of stabilized a little bit, which which they've needed to do, and um, picking up Candelario and the off the the offense will probably go through ebbs and flows. And it's kind of interesting. You kind of said it. Uh, a few minutes ago, how you thought the offense would be the thing that uh, struggled, we thought, and then the pitching would be the pitching and defense we thought would carry them, and um, the offense would kind of struggle. They'd have to win these close, low-scoring games. It's been the exact opposite. Uh, starting pitching, for the most part, especially the past month or so, has been pretty terrible. Stroman has an ERA over eight since uh, June 23rd, and they just put him on the injured list with a hip thing. Uh, Drew Smiley's been bad since the end of May. Uh, Steele's had kind of a few blowups here the past few weeks. He, he's usually pretty solid. Hendricks has had a few blowups. Um, Tyone's, Tyone's been better uh, than he was, but uh, it's hard not to be better than what he was. Uh, but the offense has just been outscoring guys, yep. outscoring yeah, teams. And in yep. and, and the bullpen, being an above average to good bullpen here, uh, really since the end of May, uh, has has obviously really helped, and and it's helped um, kind of shorten games a little bit too, which the Cubs have needed. Yeah, yeah. I think the one regret at the deadline that they didn't do, I I thought they would sign a starting pitcher because mm. I think they desperate, especially with Stroman's issues. The other thing that I I think is intriguing is the teams that you thought would do something that did nothing. I mean, Cincinnati Reds last week. I know they have some injuries, and they'll probably ebb and flow, but they really did nothing to help, and they got a nothing. they got a, a minor league system that's incredible. They did yeah. nothing to help this team that were looking like one of the better teams for a while. Yeah, and because of that, and it, it might not be because of that, but uh, coincidentally, they are zero and six since the All Star or since the trade deadline. Yeah, um, and of course they get Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo back, um, but again, those guys haven't proven to be super consistent. Right. So you're you're uh, you're kind of relying on those guys to be these elite starting pitchers that they haven't been in their career at all. And it, it, it'll of course help. You'll no longer have to see Luke Weaver pitching with his ERA over seven, Ben Lively with his ERA over five. Um, so that will help. Um, but I, I really thought they'd be a player for a guy like Justin Verlander. Now who knows if Verlander would have, uh, he probably wouldn't have uh, waived his no trade clause, but uh there, there are some other guys. I mean, Michael Lorenzen from Detroit Tigers. He's a former Red. They know him very well, uh, and he he was an All Star for the Tigers this year as starting pitcher. Uh, he he could have easily helped, and they just they didn't do anything. And 
Um, I, I don't know if the team kind of felt like, oh, maybe this, maybe the front office doesn't believe in us and they've started to play bad. But uh, here they are, 0 6. The Mets have traded five players at the deadline, including Scherzer, Verlander. Um, they traded a Mark Canna. They traded Tommy Pham. And they're 0 6 since the deadline. Deep D backs go out and they trade one of their better relievers in Andrew Chafin. They did acquire a closer and Tommy Pham in their 0 6. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I feel so bad for Otani out there in LA because after they took him off of the t- took him off of the trade block uh, and made a bunch of moves at the deadline, they have not won since the trade deadline. So yeah, uh, it's, it's awesome. been pretty rough yeah. for them. Yeah, but yeah, the other team. Yeah. I mean, even the Brewers. I mean, they are brutal on offense. And yeah, I, I mean, I don't know of anything they did to help themselves. They have a great pitching staff, but they can't score runs. Yeah, um, they, they picked up Mark Canna from the Nets, but he's more of a guy that just hits left-handed pitching. He, he's an older guy. I think he's in his mid to late 30s. Um, but, the, yeah, they I, I thought they'd do a lot more to help themselves. Um, uh, yeah, the Reds didn't do anything. Obviously, the Cardinals are selling and all that, and the Pirates aren't good. Uh, so the division's there for the taking for the Cubs, uh, in my opinion. They have th- This week will be tough. Uh, in, in New York, I, I hate coming into a – team that's lost a bunch in a row like the Mets who's lost six in a row because they're kind of due to turn around a little bit. Then they go to Toronto, who's really good. Uh, but then the schedule lightens up significantly. They still have the Rockies twice. They have the White Sox, Royals, Tigers. So they're they're in position to go on an absolute roll here. Yeah, uh, They just kind of have to stay through, um, stay steady through this week. Yeah. Uh, and and ho- hopefully they can. Um, it's the second time this season, actually, that the Cubs have won 13 times in the 16 game stretch um, the, after the first time they did, they lost seven of their next eight. So hopefully yeah. they don't do that this time. Yeah. Hopefully not. Yeah. It just seems like this offense is built to go on the road to play at mm-hmm. home. Uh, I mean, it just, it's not an offense that depends on the home run, although it's nice when you get one, but yeah, um, yeah I, I think the future is bright. I love that Ross isn't playing the guys that, I mean, it's August. You stop playing the guys yep. that are hurting your team. The Suzuki, the wisdoms, you know. Yeah, and and he said that exact same thing too. Now, now's not the time. Now that we're in the race, we're going to go out and play our best nine. Uh, yep. Which I wish to, I wish he would start doing that in June. Yeah, um, me too. instead of instead of waiting around. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, these are pros. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, the Cubs have scored over 150 runs in their first 20 games back since the All Star break which is tied for the second most since the all-star break took place in 1933. Uh, the California angels uh, are the only team with more. Um, and um, average attendance is way up because teams are starting to score more runs and the pace of play has been so good. Attendance across major league baseball averaged 38,284 on Saturday um, in the 13 games over 35,000 fans marked the first time in a 15 game slate. Uh, since 2004 so fans are starting to show up here yeah um, it's much more enjoyable even to watch i game. agree i mean you know tonight the cup started in just a couple minutes actually 6 15 mm-hmm. they'll be done by 8 30 you know there's yeah. a good chance they're going to be done by 8 30 you have the rest of your evening i mean i i just think it's so much more active it, there's fewer double plays inning ending killers you know the yep. double play and it's just so much more enjoyable yeah, and with the lack of or the new shift rules, guys are, are putting more of a focus on putting on putting the ball in play, right. um, which 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 creates more action and all of that. And uh, so, as much as I don't like Rob Manfred, he's he's done a pretty dang good job, in my opinion. But sounds like they did their job as far as uh, you know research what could help the game, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they changed the ball this year or not, but the ball seems livelier. Um, mm. so and I know a couple of years ago they had kind of a dead ball and then they yeah. it back and, but it just seems like it's a better, I even like the pitch yeah. count, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I haven't even thought about the pitch clock since like early May. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, you kind of adapt to it and kind of, uh, in spring training, I hated it. Cause I, I just, this is different all of that, but no, I, I think it's been great. And I'm, I've yeah. thoroughly enjoyed, uh, games getting over in less than three hours. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. Yeah. Uh, shifting gears a little bit to the Chicago White Sox. Um, oh, boy. They, yeah, they are a, an absolute disaster. 
Um, Tim, Tim Anderson gets in a fight with Jose Ramirez on Saturday. Uh, Timmy got suspended six games, Jose Ramirez three, and a couple other guys got suspended one or two. Uh, but uh, Tim's always involved in these kind of bench clearing brawls, it feels like. And um, there have been talks about how bad the culture is there in uh, Chicago on the south side. Keenan Middleton, who was a middle reliever who was traded to the New York Yankees, said uh, culture is non-existent uh, for the most part. They, they let you do whatever you want. You have rookies sleeping in the corner. Uh, guys, guys just don't care. And then Lance Lynn, who was there a couple years and he was traded to the Dodgers, said, I can – completely attest to that that the culture is non-existent which it's it's kind of funny lynn lynn is kind of one of those old school get in your face kind of guys that he's saying that because it means he's pretty much telling on himself because he's supposed to be a culture setter and he obviously didn't help the culture there at all either um and then i read a report uh, right before the show that um tim anderson and yasmani grandal got into a fist fight in the clubhouse the day or two days before the all-star break Grandall wasn't in the lineup the day before the all-star break wanted to, and he wanted to just leave early and he made it very clear. And Tim Anderson said, F him. If he doesn't want to be here, I'll pay for his flight. Um, mm. Grandall walked over to Tim Anderson in the tub and slapped him across the face. <laughs> um, so it's obviously uh, P- Pedro. Griffall, yeah. Who, who's a first year manager. It, it sure feels like he's going to be a one and done. Yeah. Um, which honestly, the White Sox need to clean house. Uh, they they had this window of opportunity, and they had two okay years, and they didn't even win a postseason series. And um, their GM's been there for eight or nine years now. Kenny Williams, who's their president of baseball, has been there forever. And uh, the problem with having a Reinsdorf um, owned team is he does not like to make change. He doesn't like firing people, and so it feels like the White Sox are kind of stuck unless yeah. he makes drastic changes. Yeah, and when it comes down to culture, you know, locker room culture, leadership is everything. I mean, you need you need not only players that are going to set and obey the culture, establish the norms and the values, but you need a manager who's going to hold people accountable for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, and, and if you don't get the culture thing fixed, I don't care what the field looks like, what your talent is. Culture means something. I mean, you go back to all those Patriot teams yeah. and the Colts teams that won. Um, you name it, the teams that won Kansas city culture. Um, I'm talking football now. I switched yep. over to that, but, but, mm-hmm. uh, culture means something. I still remember the 2016 Cubs. That's what everybody talked about. Everybody got along. We held each other accountable and, um, and that produces a winning, uh, culture. I think the same is true with, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. They've had that winning culture mm-hmm. Braves now. Um, I think you can see it in their players. They enjoy playing. And, you know, the old statement that culture eats strategy for lunch, it really is true. If you don't have a good culture, forget about the strategy. It's just not yeah. going to work. So. Yeah, and, and that starts with your manager, coach, or whatever, uh, to be able to set it. But it's also up to the players to be able to keep it. Yeah, um, absolutely. So the, the, the players are just as much at fault as the uh, manager is there, especially yes. in Chicago. Um, cause if the players don't buy in and they aren't, you don't have strong leaders or whatever. Um, it's also not going to go well because the manager can only do so much. Uh, but ultimately it does start up top and, um, White Sox should clean house, but again, Reinsdorf probably not gonna. You could almost see it though. When the Cubs played Chicago a couple weeks ago, the White Sox, you could almost see the attitude. Yeah. Almost like yeah. there was quit attitude and you're thinking, well, yeah. These are major and, league players. And especially after the Cubs came back from down seven to two, you, you could just feel that the uh, White Sox just kind of quit and yeah, you really could see did. it on their faces and like, Oh, here we go. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't really know what went into this fight, but it was clear that Anderson, I mean, he threw the first punch, but I think Ramirez won the fight. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, fun he, to he watch. Knocked. Yeah, he knocked Tim down. And Tim, Tim, I guess, has been is very notorious for uh, making very hard tags when guys are clearly safe. And I think Jose was just had enough of it and he just kind of went yeah. at him. Um, yeah, and he, sure. he said he's been dis- disrespecting the game for a long time and I'm just sick of it. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, so. 
Yeah, it was. It's sad to watch, honestly. These guys get yeah. paid a lot of money to do this. Yep. Uh, I have a word association here. I should probably uh, pull up the thing here real quick. It is baseball related. Um, it is every single player that played in the game seven of the 2016 World Series for the Cubs, not the Indians guys, but uh, starting with Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler. Uh, as Dexter goes, that's the way we go. That's what Madden yep. always said. And he, he was kind of a delight. He'd always come up with that big old smile. I think he was a culture setter. And Absolutely. Uh, he set the table, you know, offensively for these guys that battled behind him. And I, I don't know how people would really evaluate his career, but at least his Cubs career was really, I mean, it was unbelievable. I was sad when they didn't re-sign him again. Because yeah. remember after 2016, they weren't going to sign him. Then they kind of surprised all the players and brought him back for, 20, I think it was 2017 or 18, something like that. Uh, it, it was it was 2015 he was there, and then he wasn't going to sign back, and they signed him back for 2016. Thank God uh, they did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even watching the World Series, Game 7, he leads off with a home run. Yeah. I mean, that's just Dexter. He was a competitor. Yep. Good, good player. Yep. Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. I mean, uh, going back to the 2016 I, I don't know that I've ever felt worse when I saw somebody have a an injury like Kyle's because, mm-hmm. man, 2015, that guy was coming along. I mean, I was looking forward to what he was going to do in 2016. I think it was the first or second series, I think, against Anaheim. That he it it was team. against – yeah, it was the second series, the opener against Arizona. Arizona, uh, yeah. Big outfield there. Yeah, and I think it was Dexter and him collided or yep. – yeah, and boy, as soon as Schwarber, you knew he was out, you just thought, oh boy, what's going to happen with this team? They continue to battle, but Schwarber, I mean, I really thought he would hit, you know, 280 and and 30 home runs a year. He really never got the average up. I think the Cubs kind of experimented too much, like he was leading off for a while, and yeah, you know, uh, and he wasn't a great defensive player. I mean, I'd love to have him now with the DH. Yeah. So anyway, I really liked him. Really liked him. Yeah. Good player. Albert Almora. Albert Almora. I mean, um, he could get to difficult catches in the outfield and he'd make them look really good. But you said several times it's because he's so slow. Every because he was slow. Yeah. Uh, he was a good glove man, not much of an offensive guy. Yeah. He he uh he's he was kind of like Jim Edmonds a little bit out there. Um Ed Edmonds was notorious for playing so shallow and, yeah. and then he'd lollygag back to the ball and then make an unbelievable catch because he could. Um, yeah. Al- Almora wasn't like that, but it was because he was so slow. He had to make these diving catches, um, yeah. but and yeah, his offensive game in, is real. I real watched straight. him in the minor league June. I both did. And yeah. Wow. If this yeah. guy can hit, he's going to be good. Never really panned yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, man, if there's anything I'm sad about, it just seems like he had those injuries in, what, 2018, 2019, and he yeah. just never recovered again. But, I mean, his rookie season run wins rookie of the year. His second season, MVP. I mean, people were putting him up there with the Bryce Harpers, and, you know, I, I just thought he would be a Cub for 20 years. They'd win three or four, um, yep. you know, World Series, and it didn't happen. So, sad yeah, about I was. I was just looking at his stats yesterday, and man, you can just see it tail off starting really in 2018. He just wasn't the same guy. Uh, so his his peak was as good as anyone, but his his values has been as bad as anyone. Um, right. So it was kind of sad. Anthony Rizzo, one of my favorite Cubs ever. I I hope that they sign him back at the end of his yeah. career. Um, just one of my favorite Cubs. Always a mm-hmm. smile. All talk about a culture guy. He was just good to have. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He was. He was the captain. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, ben Zobrist. You know, Ben is he on the program tonight or was he last night? Uh, they're bringing him back. I, I, maybe I tonight he's going to be on marquee. Uh, ben yeah. was that glue guy. I don't know that they win yeah. the World Series without Ben. Oh, they absolutely don't. He was the glue guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, MVP of the World Series. Uh, he was just good guy to have around. Yeah. Uh, Addison Russell. Yeah. Again, you know, ashamed of what happened to him, the domestic violence stuff. Cause as a shortstop, 
even though he had a weak arm, he was as good as can be. And that 2016 season, was it 2016 he had like 95 RBIs or was that 2016? Yes. 2016. No, 2016. Yeah, he hit 21 homers, 95 RBIs. Yeah. It, and I think he hit seventh or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wilson Contreras. Wilson. Uh, I mean, I love his passion. Um, you know, now that he's with the Cardinals, I don't like him nearly as much. But <laughs> I don't like him at all now. Uh, I liked his passion. And, man, when I, he hit that ball, he was unbelievable. Yeah. I, I will say my love for Dexter Fowler never ceased when he was with the Cardinals because he was pretty he was a pretty likable guy, but Wilson with the comments he's made and some of his actions kind of made me mad. He has to be one of the fastest running catchers I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, one of the better athletes to ever play behind the plate. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. Uh David Ross. David Ross. I mean, I still like David, the ultimate backup catcher. I mean, he he could catch, you know, the Lester's and kind of a specialty guy. I always loved his his behind the throw at first base when a guy would yeah. lead off a little bit. He'd get so many pick so many guys off of first base. Yeah. But even his uh, World Series and leading in the the playoffs, it was just not remarkable. Yeah. Yeah, and again, he, he was a culture guy too. He was kind of an extension yeah. of Joe Madden. Yeah, uh, really. There, was. The, yeah. the wily old vet. Um, Chris Coglin played in this game. <laughs> yeah. I still, when I see the replays, I, I think he was there for the, yeah. yeah. So he's the guy that you thought, Oh, he's never going anywhere, but he just hung around. And, uh, I mean, you know, I don't really remember what he did offensively or even defensively, but he, he had an impact, yes. I guess. He, he had a good 2015 and then he was with someone else in 16 and they picked him up. Uh, like midseason, and his most famous moment was playing against the Cardinals on a three-two count. Cubs were down two, I believe, and he called for timeout, but they didn't grant it to him. And Carlos Martinez d- delivered it, and he he just kind of lobbed it up there, and Coglin hit a two-run single to tie the game. Yeah, um, I remember. Yeah, that, that was yeah, that was kind of his uh, claim to yeah. fame that year. Claim to fame. Um, Miggy Montero. Oh man, that home run he hit against the Dodgers, uh, yeah. facing a lefty. I think there were two strikes. What they were? Were they down one or two, or maybe it, even tight? No, it, it was a tie game because Araldis came in in the eighth and he gave up a two-run single to Adrian Gonzalez to tie it. And then yeah, three-two count, two out. Montero about hit one onto Sheffield. Yeah, that really was a, that was my favorite moment with Montero. I'll tell you yeah, the thing I didn't like far. about him. He couldn't throw out base runners. I remember one time Washington stole every time they got on base. They I mean, it was incredible. So. Yeah, that, that was the last game he played as a Cub because he, he kind of blamed Arietta a little bit. Yeah, I remember that. Because uh, he was slow to the plate. But, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Hayward. Hayward, again, he, he was one of my favorite. Didn't really hit much, but culture guy. They, yeah, again, they, they don't win that seventh game without him. He, that speech he gave, that's what he's most famous for. Um, yeah. But I like Jason. I mean, he didn't ever hit for power. Uh, his his season or his career with the Cubs was definitely over, you know, sooner than when they released him. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Javi Baez. Oh, most exciting player. I still think he's a really exciting player. Uh, he probably wished he would have signed with the Cubs when they made him an offer. Yeah. And, uh, 2021, 2022, no, 21. Um, he probably wished he would have signed. I don't think he likes Detroit at all. They're starting yeah, to like him, though. He still comes up with amazing plays. He does. Uh, my favorite Javi bias moment was against Pittsburgh, running down first base, and then stall, and, and so somebody can score, and then he still ends up with a double. Yeah. <laughs> Of yeah, thrown away. Yeah, Javi had an unbelievable way about him to have like fielders completely forget how to play baseball because all Will Craig, <laughs> the Pirates' first baseman, had to do was just go and touch first base and it's over. Yeah. Uh, and he's it's somehow there's it's there was something about him that uh yeah yeah I, I mean he was super aggressive and that forced the action which helped but yeah. uh, even non Cubs his... fans non Cubs fans would tune in just to see Javi because he was yeah. excited yeah he. He, he had a really good two or three year stretch offensively, and he just hasn't been the same guy since, unfortunately. But yeah, moving on to the pitchers, we have five of them here. Uh, Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, Kyle, uh, did he lead 
in ERA that year. Yep. Um, that's what he I did. thought. He, he was just, he was, he was the uh, scholar out there. He would dice people. Yeah, to pieces. The professor. Yeah. Professor. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Johnny Lester. <laughs> Johnny Lester. I mean, Steele and him are a lot alike. Uh, you would give Johnny the ball in any big time moment, but I I remember times he'd give up five runs the first inning. You think this guy's toast, get him out of there, and then he'd come back and finish the sixth inning and not give yeah. up anything. And he he was just yeah. the guy you want on a team for grit and toughness and resilience. Yeah, you you knew even if he didn't have his good stuff, he was going to grind and get you through five or six to save the yeah. bullpen and keep you in the game too. Which which again, Justin Steele kind of has that ability too. Um, Araldus Chapman. Yeah. 103 mile an hour fastball. Uh, again, that world series, I think they wore him out at the end, they did. But, but he was, I mean, he was a great pickup midway through the 2016 because both of their closers Cubs had a closer Rondon that got hurt and yep. they, they had to go out and make a deal for a closer and they got the best of the best at that yep. time. And, and Pedro Strope tore his meniscus and was out a month and a half, right, too. I remember that. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. And Chap Chapman's known for or remembered for giving up that homer to Rajay Davis, but they don't even get to the World Series without him. They don't. Or, or no. e e even get to that Game 7 without him. They might get there, but yep. they don't get to that Game 7. Uh, C.J. Edwards. C.J., he's still around somewhere, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he's still Any hanging out. little fireballer. Oh, he is. Where he is. Yeah. I think it was with Washington or maybe even Philadelphia or something. He was. I don't know if he's still with Washington, but yeah, he's kind of hung around a little bit. He was a fireballer. I mean, I think that was his rookie season, 2016. And Joe Madden yeah. seemed to depend on him, especially in the World Series. He was his go-to mm -hmm. guy. Yep. Uh, last one here, Mike Montgomery. Uh, I, I mean, the last pitch of the World Series, it was him. I mean, when they yeah. put him in, I thought, oh, no, we're in trouble. Yeah. And, first career uh, save of his – yeah, first save of his career was in Game 7 of the World Series. First save, yeah. And that final pitch was – I mean, I, I must have jumped up, you know, 10 feet high, it seems yeah. like. So, <laughs> uh, unbelievable. Good memories there. Yeah. That will do it for Word Association. It is brought to you by Proforma Print 2 Promo Group. Uh, every time Tanner's gone, I always forget to ask for the read. So go print your go print some stuff from Proforma Print 2 Promo Group. Um, I'm going to do on this day real quick. This has pretty much been a Cubs podcast tonight, and I'm very happy about really that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very okay with that. They are um is that ball gonna stay in the ball yard it is not pete alonzo hit a three-run homer yep. um cubs are down three nothing that ball just kept going and he hit it so high uh this will actually be the j-man's book of british of the week i think they find a way to uh go three and three this week which is what they really need to do tonight is a really bad pitching matchup for them with of course smiley on the bump but then also facing kodai senga so I've already kind of chalked this up to a loss, uh, which being down 3 nothing kind of helps that. But even beforehand uh, with Smiley on there. But the next two, hopefully they'll be able to get the next two and then maybe win one um, or two in Toronto. So uh, a lot of season good. left, and it's, and it's nice they're back in it. So uh, yeah, J-Man's Book of Bridge of the Week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watching for Life Home Auto. Business, renters, workers, comp, and farm insurance. Contact Travis at 219-869-4561. His email is travis.watching at infb.com. Uh, on this day, on this day in 1929, New York Yankees slugger Babe Ruth tied an MLB record by hitting grand slams in consecutive game for the second time. I wonder how many times that's happened. I'm sure it's happened. Um, on this day in... A lot of baseball, of course. Tour de France. Um, 51 year old Satchel Page of the Miami Marlins wins the game before the largest crowd in minor league history. 57,000 people at Miami's Orange Bowl, they played this game. Uh, the International League Marlins uh, beat the Columbus Jets 6 2. Satchel Page was pitching at 51 years old. Um, on this That's day in 19. 60 Arnold Palmer's 20th PGA Tour win happened. He rallied from a five-stroke deficit. Um, on this day in 
There's not a whole lot of good ones. Um, 1992, uh, San Francisco Giants announced sale of MLB franchise to group of Tampa Bay investors, but the move was blocked by other investors. I need to read into that a little more. That sounds interesting. Um, on this day in 19, also in 1992, uh, the Orlando Mag- Magic signed NBA number one draft pick Shaquille O'Neal. He had a pretty good awesome. career. Uh, on this day in 99, Tampa Bay third baseman Wade Boggs became the first MLB player to hit a home run for his 3,000th hit. Um, I believe Derek Jeter did that later on in his career, though. Um, on this day in 2004, Cubs pitcher Greg Maddox entered the history books with his 300th career win uh, in San Francisco. I remember watching that game. We were coming or listening to it on the radio anyway. We went up to, was it New Buffalo, Michigan, and went to the lake, uh, Lake Michigan, and then we stopped at a restaurant, and I remember watching him win his 300th at a restaurant. I remember that too, yeah. Uh, I think, was it New Buffalo that we went to? I think it was, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was 12 years old, uh, but I do remember that. I remember it, though. On this day in 2007, San Francisco Giants slugger Barry Bonds hit a 756th career home run to rank Hake Aaron's longest-standing MLB record. Um, on this day in... Um, that's going to do it, actually, for On This Day. Uh, on This Day is brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Let's find it here. Oh, there it is. Mooney Woodcrafts. Uh, again... Don't have the read from Tanner, but uh, very skilled craftsman Thad Mooney is. So uh, go uh, go buy some stuff from Thad today. Contact him. I know he's on Facebook. Um, I'm sure there's other ways you can contact him. So uh, go get some uh, nicely crafted things from Thaddeus Mooney, whether it's sports stuff. I mean, Tanner has some really t- – Tanner has a Tanner J-Man show on that's really cool. Um, he has a couple sports ones, bo- boiler breakdown one, so that's pretty cool as well. Uh, this has been a baseball show tonight. Um, yeah, sorry about that for no, those who are not Cubs fans. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm very very happy about it. Uh, I have I have wanted to do just a Cubs centric podcast forever. Um, very Cubs centric, and it was hard on the word association. I realized I needed to do one word, but <laughs> no. and talking about those guys that yes. were incredible. Uh, great memories. It was hard to come yeah. up with words. So. You, you you do exactly what we do though, because it's supposed to be just one word, but we end up going on long yeah. statements about these guys. Yeah. Um, so uh, I I will say the uh, preseason college football coaches poll was released today. Georgia's on top. You have Michigan two, uh, Alabama three, Ohio State four, LSU five, USC six, Penn State seven. So there's three Big Ten teams in the top seven. Wow. Florida State 8, Clemson 9, Tennessee 10, Washington 11. Uh, I guess you can count Washington and Oregon now that they're uh, officially members of the Big Ten. Well, not officially, but uh, are going to be joining the Big Ten here in a few years. Uh, Texas 12, Notre Dame 13. I believe that's Utah 14, Oregon 15, TCU 16, Kansas State 17, Oregon State 18, Oklahoma 19, North Carolina 20, Wisconsin 21, Ole Miss 22, Tulane is number 23, Texas Tech's number 24, and Texas A&M's number 25. So one, two, three, uh, four Big Ten teams, current Big Ten teams uh, yeah. in there. And Did then you call six, Iowa in there? Iowa is not in there. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Do you think yeah. uh, Texas will start Manning? No. They're uh, they're – Quarterback Quinn Ewers is a Heisman candidate, so oh, okay. I believe. Yeah, I think Arch will redshirt, but yeah. uh, I'm I, I'm sure he'll play a little. But yeah, yeah. Um, we are about out of time, so I will give you the birdie bogey that you are so confident you're going to get. Uh, who was the person to catch the only touchdown uh, the Dolphins had in that? I think it was Super Bowl 16 between the right. Miami Dolphins and San Francisco Niners. And after I came out so confident. <laughs> another name came to me so uh-huh. i'll tell you the name that came to me and i know it doesn't really count much but joe rose is the name that i would have guessed but also bruce hardy i remember uh was pretty involved in that game so was it joe rose it was not oh, oh no it also wasn't bruce hardy oh it no was, 
It was Dan Johnson. Dan Johnson. He was the other tight end. Yeah, he was Why tight didn't end. I remember he, him. Yeah, he he only had a thousand career receiving yards. I had literally never heard of him until I looked it up. Yeah, he, uh, there were night. three great tight ends on that team. Yeah, and it was Hardy Rose, and I totally forgot about Johnson. Oh well, so much for my super confidence <laughs> uh, that just got destroyed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dan Dan Johnson was a tough one. I I I was I was going to give you the clues like it wasn't the Marx Brothers, but that probably would have been too obvious. Yeah, um, I knew it wasn't them. them. But uh, thanks thanks for watching the Tan and J Man Show Cubs podcast tonight. <laughs> um, we will be back at it next Monday, Tanner and I, and we will be uh, previewing the ACC conference and Notre Dame as well for football. So have a fantastic week, everybody. Thanks to my dad for joining us and uh, we'll have him back on soon. See you everybody. Bye.